It's the Loftus Party. I love it. Got a Green Day vibe. It's growing up. Heading into 2019, or a couple weeks into it, the Gypsy is able. The Gypsy has taken a, a, a leave of absence for this week. I think she had to move her campground. She had to find a new crystal ball. Who do we have sitting in? We got Kung Fu Rick. Kung Fu Rick from somewhere in the Middle Western states. Lots to talk about today. Lots to talk. Welcome aboard, Rick. How's it going, man? It's going great. I'm coming to you right in the middle of flyover country, or as you know, everybody else calls it, where the hell are you? Because nobody cares. Because <laughs> seems like the left only cares about the coast. So I'm just out here in the middle. <laughs> Did you see that email that was going around? Uh, a buddy of mine forwarded it to me. It was called uh, 319 Square Miles. I have not, but feel free to tell me about it. Well, it has to do with uh, flyover states and the Electoral College and how many counties uh, Trump won and how many counties Hillary won, and he crushed her. If you just list the the counties, he crushed her, absolutely crushed her. Now, when they talk about the popular vote, uh, that's that's New York and Los Angeles, uh, those counties. And it it equals out to be like she won, she won 319 square miles, and Trump won the rest of it. Like it is real. She did not do well at all. And and these people, there's someone now. I think uh, I forget which congressman it was is talking about he wants to somebody is like they want to abolish the electoral college system. The more you find out about the electoral college system, the more you will dig it. We don't want. We don't want 319 square miles of real estate dictating what the rest of this country does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you want to talk about feeling like you, like you live under a monarchy. Uh, imagine, you know, 319 square miles of, of real estate, the people that live in there getting to make the decisions for the other hundreds of thousands of miles of people that live within this country. I just Yeah. It's, it's insane. Especially when you when you look when you drive around Los Angeles and when you drive around Manhattan it's not like that it's not like it's Shangri-La and everything's working perfectly it's not like it's not like we're uh in the Wizard of Oz and suddenly you you go to Los Angeles like ooh, it's the Emerald City and it's magical and it's wonderful it's like no I don't want to step on that needle that I think that poop might be human poop that's a lot of garbage that dude looks it's 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 a far cry from the Emerald City in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's terrible. I mean, I ha- I haven't been out there in years. Um, I actually we used to travel around a lot when I was a kid because I uh, I lived in Seattle. My dad lived here, so we would we would move around a lot. And you know, there for a little bit, you know, we would take trips to places like you know San Diego, uh, Los Angeles. You know, just because we were kind of in that area. But I mean, from hearing everything about it now, I'm just like I don't even have any desire to want to go there i mean why would you want to go anywhere where you're well dodging human landmines on a daily basis if you know what i mean it's i mean i mean some some areas are worse than others and it's always it kind of ebbs and flows i I don't want to talk about where i live what neighborhood i live but it's a it's a good one it's not a great one 
but it's a it's a good one. And you can see a, a, a few years back, crime started to come up, and then it went away, and now it's kind of ebbing back. The there's definitely been an increase in the in homeless and and and, and all of that stuff. Needles, what it it, it it ain't good. It ain't good. And then even when I was in New York, I was out on Long Island, and all my neighbors were. Uh, retired cops and retired firefighters it was ins- insanely safe, but you go into the city and uh, New York is not getting any better either. Manhattan they got they got some some big issues there. So that's it's weird. Uh, you have an idea for like what you want to you know talk about uh, in the podcast, and then the reality <laughs> becomes this whole different thing. But I would invite everybody like if. If you're thinking about like, well, maybe the these uh, you know democratic policies they aren't all bad and there's some good. Just go see the cities they're running. That to me, that was one of the things that would always like have me double down on my belief system. When you look at uh, New York, you look at San Francisco, you look at Detroit, you look at these Los Angeles, these big liberal democrat. The Democrats have run these cities. They 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 run them. They run them. They run them. And you look at the end result, and it's never good. It's never good. Where is the liberal Shangri-La? Where is – they should have at least one – you'd think they'd have one town by now where they could just go, see, we're doing it right. Don't you want to live here? They never want to live in these places. They never do. It's hilarious. And the the, the dumbest thing about that, because you're right, n- none of them – at some point they're all like, yeah, it's too expensive to live here now. Let's move to Texas. And then they're like – well, Texas doesn't have sidewalks, and Texas doesn't have bike lanes, and Texas doesn't have this, and Texas doesn't have that. So we should pass all these laws to make Texas have the things that we had there. And so I'm like, you're you're moving from a state that you hated to go to a state because it was cheaper to live here. Now you want to put a tax burden on yourself to make it more like the state that you just left. What about that makes sense? I, I tell you, it's, you know, the Gypsy and I did a show about this uh, a few months ago, and it is it, – it's it's it'd be if it wasn't reality it'd be hilarious but you have people they they vote democrat they vote democrat they vote democrat and they turn their city and they turn their state into an into a a bad place to live an unaffordable bad place to live where the bad outweighs the good and they go man i gotta go somewhere so they always they they go somewhere that has really conservative policies that is very business friendly they go there and then they start. They continue to vote Democrat, and they they turn it. They they turn it exactly into what they just left. I I can't believe it. It's it is uh it'd be fun, it'd be funny to watch if it wasn't reality. The scary the scariest thing is we're actually starting to see that happen here. Uh, there have been some gentrification projects going on in the Oklahoma City metro area now for the last twenty five twenty six years. And the Oklahoma City congressional or the the congressional district that houses Oklahoma City just flipped blue for the first time in fifty years. It uh, it's it's not a fair playing field, and this this goes to this is this is actually a great a great segue because it's it's not a fair playing field. People are not making. Uh, an honest assessment of their political beliefs. They're not. It's slowly being eroded away. There is a, a beachhead of conservatives, of Republicans, libertarians. We'll call it the right. However, there is a constant crashing of the wave of 
you know, the, the big media, entertainment, everything that is constantly eroding that beach. And then also, you know, Ill- illegal immigration is, is part of that as well. And it's just constantly, constantly eating away that beach. Uh, Gypsy was had some stats a couple weeks ago about how many college kids are are conservatives now and she says that she says the numbers aren't bad that the numbers are actually encouraging so i, I want to wrap myself up uh, in that how I, I just don't see how it can last though it doesn't make it's one of those things where you can tell me that on paper but it just doesn't feel right it just doesn't feel factually correct to me i, I don't every time I, I i look at tv every time i look at entertainment I feel like it is an, an attack. When they when they turned Star Wars into a political thing, that was a really, really, really bad sign. When you when you have Disney that that is Star Wars, that is Marvel, and I guess we'll do a little bit of entertainment here because that's what I kind of want to uh, get into right out of the gate. Uh, I guess Marvel and Disney they've been screening. The new movie, Captain Marvel, again and again and again, which is a very, very, very concerning sign because they've got this new female hero. You know, she's been in the comic books. It's, it's not like they invented her for some kind of social justice warrior thing. Captain, Captain Marvel's been part of the Marvel Universe for a long time. However, I think they might have gone too far and they might know they've gone too far. So they want to see how, how much they can dial it back without audiences noticing uh, it's, it's, it's fair. when, when every time you turn around, it's, it's political and your belief system is being mocked and there's nothing you can do about it. It's, it's not a good sign when like they say that, Oh, conservatives aren't funny and conservatives aren't entertaining. And I know tons of people, tons who quietly, quietly work in the entertainment business, but they never bring politics to work. They never bring politics to work because as soon as you do, then it's lights out. It's game over. They don't want entertainment for conservatives. They don't want it. They don't want it. They don't want it. If they did, if they they know there's a bunch of money lying around on the table. If you just look at the ratings for Roseanne and Last Man Standing and all that stuff, you would think – and if you look at the ratings for Fox News, look at the ratings for uh, – uh, the 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 flipping Hallmark Channel, <clears throat> and because the Hallmark Channel is like there are no politics. That's just wholesome entertainment. Boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy. You know that whole thing. If they if they were really interested in the money, they would be making so much programming to appeal to the right. It would be mind boggling. They don't because it's ultimately it's not about the money. It's about steering the culture. And that is what has me very concerned and also uh, leads me into my next topic of discussion, the deplorable show, the deplorable tour. I am going to be relentless. I want to apologize to everybody right now. I'm going to be relentless. You're going to see it all the time on the Twitter. You're going to see it all the time on Facebook. You're going to see it everywhere. I'm making a big, big push, and, and I hope you guys will help me out. There are uh, five of us. There, there's myself. There's a very funny comedian named Steve McGrew. There's a very 
insanely talented comedian, guitarist, Brian Hayner, one of the big session guys in L.A., phenomenal guitar player, phenomenal musician. There is the Deplorable Choir. These girls uh, from Texas, and they are just huge, outspoken Trump fans, and they've made these songs, and they've recorded them in their, their homes, and they have a huge following. And there's also this kid, uh, Terrence Williams, who's incredibly funny. It's 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 awesome to watch. He's 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 really young. He's really energetic. He's got just such a, such a natural comedic gift. And people are are they've really responded to him. It's very humbling. It's very humbling. I've been in the stand up game uh, for a long time, and it's it's wild. I'll tweet out something to my you know few thousand you know friends on Twitter. And, uh, you know, I get a pretty decent response. Terrence, the other day, tweeted out this. It's good. It's good. It's not annoying, but it's just a, a constant. It's a, a, a constant uh, humbling factor. Terrence tweeted this thing out. Granted, he has like hundreds of thousands of people on Twitter. He's got a huge Instagram following, Facebook, YouTube. My phone is constantly going off. I had to turn. I had to, I have my phone on silent. I've, I've since had to turn it on. Don't even vibrate. Just don't do anything because his his tweet about the deplorable show is just it's still going. It was a couple days ago. It's still going like t- like tens of thousands of retweets, which is very uh, it makes me feel good. You know that that people are responding in such a positive way. It makes me feel feel bad that no one cares about what I do. <laughs> But I'm glad people are responding. This thing, uh, Rick is is it's a, it's been an eye opener. I've, I've told this, I've, I've said this on the on the air before with Gypsy, and and I'm sure you've you've heard. And heck, the last time you were uh, co-hosting with me, I think we were kind of talking about this kind of thing. The more I go down this weird rabbit hole of comedy and politics and politics and comedy and entertainment, the more I'm, I'm discovering, I don't want to turn into like a tinfoil hat person, but I will say this again. Politics is downstream from pop culture. It's just like Andrew Breitbart said, and I'm really, really happy that these other people have, we've all joined forces and, and yes, we're calling it the deplorable tour. And I know sometimes I think it, it bugs uh, gypsy, because she's she's one of these. She's like she's a a, a real political, you know, policy wonk and all that stuff. And she kind of likes to stand back. She didn't vote for uh, Trump, and she she stands back and she's kind of, you know, she's smart. So she sees what people do. And I have become more and more uh, unabashedly pro Trump. And the more people, the more I see the the narrative of the media, the narrative of the news. I know what they're doing. I know what they're doing. I've been in these meetings when I've been on sitcoms, and I know how they test things, and I know how they poll things, and I I know what they're doing. I've been a part of it. I've I've been part of publicity campaigns, and and this is exactly the, the entire media. The more I find out, it really looks like they are just a giant PR firm. For the Democrats, for the liberals, and I don't think that there's a big table where they all sit around and talk about how they're going to rule the world. They all have a common belief system. You know, there's a there's a certain kind of 
you know, kid that grows up and people make fun of him in high school and then he goes on to work in the entertainment business and he does X, Y, and Z. I just think entertainment, Hollywood, journalism attracts people from the left. And then when you look around like, oh my gosh, we're all on the left, we're all on the left, we're all very smart, I'm a good person, you're a good person, it just, it, it happens. You can't, you can't stop it from happening. It's a bunch of like-minded individuals who are all telling each other, yes, we're right, we're right, we're right, and we're going to save uh, the country from this, this scourge of Donald Trump. So I was, I was kind of hesitant to to go, yeah, I'm yeah, deplorable, and you know, I very rarely put like MAGA on tweets, you know, but but it's like I'm going to start doing that. I think that the best way to, I don't want to say fight back, but it's like this is not how any of this is supposed to work. No, no one political party is supposed to be just demonized and, and told they're evil. I have a different set of beliefs than these other people. I have a different way of solving problems, a different way of looking at the problems. I just don't think government has the solution. And that – I don't want to be branded evil for that. So yeah, yo, he's a, he's a Trump supporter and make America great again and he's on this deplorable tour with these guys and that and that. Yes, Yes, I am, and and I'm going to stand up and be counted, and let's get let's get a conversation going. Let's. It has to become, and I'm I'm way on a soapbox here. I'm very surprised with myself. I really, really hope people support this tour. I really hope they buy tickets and they come out. First of all, you're going to have an amazing time. You're going to have an amazing time. But the other wonderful thing that you're going to find out is that you are not alone the, the, here's what they're doing this is i'm getting I'm, I'm getting all rush limbaugh here now here's what they're doing they're gonna pick us off one by one they are flooding the zone with with it's negative it's negative it's negative oh trump does this and russia did that and study show and poll show that then Trump supporters are this and Trump supporters are racist and you're a racist and you're a xenophobe and you're an Islamophobe. So you're going to be embarrassed if you weren't already like I am. I'm a, they're going to make it so so socially awkward for you to remotely disagree. And you can see it. happen. It's like climate change. It's like climate change. If, if you're at a party with your friends and politics show up. And, and you're that weirdo that doesn't just go after Trump and go, oh, my goodness, he's the worst. If you kind of hesitate and go, well, you know, it's it's instantaneous. You're a Trump. You're a Trump supporter and Trump supporter equals racist and racist equals hate speech and hate speech is bad. And you are a, a horrible human being. We've got to stand up against this. Normal people have to stand up, and that's and I don't want to do some big. It's it's like some big noble. It is kind of big and noble. This deplorable tour. However, the 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 side effects are are all just wonderful. You're gonna have a great time. It's a very funny show. We did we did test runs in Houston. We did a test run in Dallas. The show's just gonna get bigger. The show's just gonna get better. And I just want everyone uh, to come out and support it. Make the drive, buy the tickets, 
meet your meet your uh, fellow conservatives, meet your fellow weirdos. You are not alone, America. You are not alone. Yeah, I'm looking I, to you now, Rick. Yeah, no, I, I was actually about to say something, but I, you know, you go back back to the whole Hollywood, you know, and the the media and everybody feeding in from the same stream, so to speak. It's because it's become an echo chamber. A prime example is I used to do a show called Finding Common Ground that started with one host and eventually it went on to host uh, co-host with an even younger uh, person that at the time I didn't realize exactly how young he was. Turns out he was a junior in high school. So, But when we first started doing the show together, all I heard day in and day out was my beliefs were antiquated, my belief, um, that conservatives were going the way of the dinosaur because he had grown up under the Obama era and as far as he knew, there was never going to be anything else. But the funny thing is, when I figured out how young he was, I found out that by him doing the show with me, it could actually count as high school credit. So one of the things, when I found out that that we could do that, I contacted the teacher who was basically his advisor for that, and I said, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to turn it into a school project. We had done the show together for about two and a half years when he was about to graduate high school. So for his senior thesis, for the work that we had done together, I made him listen to his first show, listen to the last show, and then write a paper about how his uh, his opinions had changed over the life of the show. And because he wasn't just exposed to the same one-sided belief system anymore, I actually got an email that he hated me because he was more conservative now. <laughs> it is... And you know what? And you have to wonder... That's, it's a, that's an awesome story. That's an awesome story. And, and you have to wonder if the left feels the same way about about us, because I really feel I, I really do in my bones because I, I was hanging out with Sally Cohn for a while. Sally Cohn uh, and I were we we pitched a show to CNN. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the air. We pitched a show to CNN and uh, and it wasn't angry enough for them. They they were like it, it needed more yelling at each other, yelling at each other, and we, we we didn't want to do that. But I really feel like I could sit down with with Sally Cohn or someone like that, and I could really move her to the right because I believe like the, that that facts and logic are on my side of the argument, my side of the discussion. I really feel like I, I could move her to the right. Maybe she feels like she could move me to the left, but I really wonder. If the left just – they have to like really think that we're just evil uh, morons who won't look at – won't look at facts. I, I, they, they have to. They have to think that like it's wild. As much as I feel like the left is just in complete denial of facts and history and what's been tried and what has failed and what works – they have to feel the same way about us. They, they have do. to. They do. They feel exactly the same way. I, I hear that all the time. I, I still have friends that lean to the left, and we talk all the time. They're like, I, they're like um, an example, the station that I fill in for uh, sometimes has a morning show host who's more of a liberal. And he's been yeah. making, he's been making the argument on his morning show ever since Trump started talking about the wall, how the wall won't work because it's a stupid idea and it can't work because other countries have tried it and it doesn't do what they thought it was going to do. 
And, and it, it's the same thing. They just think we're not looking at the facts. And they start throwing out, well, most of the people that are in this country that are here illegally, they're, they're here illegally because they've overstayed their visas. That's not true. Less than half of the people that, that are in this country illegally are here because of their visa status, are still are considered illegal because of their visa status. That means, in theory, if more than half of the people that are here illegally came here through a border crossing, that putting a wall on a specific spot where the frickin' border patrol is asking for it would probably help them do their jobs. But because they want to paint it as it's as if it's the like the, the, the East and West Berlin Wall and it's all evil, that's their argument. They're thinking of the Berlin Wall. We're thinking about a 250-mile stretch that the Border Patrol is asking for a wall at. Yeah, and this is where and this is where I feel like, and, and maybe every generation feels this, but I feel like we're in uncharted territory with this uh, yes wall, no wall thing. I was really – I was watching the uh, Fox News Sunday with, with Chris Wallace, and I, I really – you cannot for, – for, I don't even know how to want to jump into this. What does it hurt? What does it hurt? People go, oh, well, it doesn't work. You know, the drug dealers have submarines. They have submarines. No, okay, so does does the wall actively hurt? What does it hurt? hurt nothing to the people who go well you know most of these people overstay their visas okay well then that there is isn't there a department already in place don't we already have and a department already in place to combat that then then if you're worried about people overstaying their visas you're mad at that department get mad at them they're not doing their jobs and oh you know the drug dealers they'll just use submarines they'll just use submarines yeah because submarines are just lying around everywhere don't we already have a department for that don't we already have uh, the the Coast Guard and the Navy and all that stuff? That, that has nothing to do with uh, the wall I'm I'm talking about and the and the the steel slats and the insanely small amount of money. What it comes what it comes down to to me is even if the wall can like slow down some of the drugs, just slow down some of it. Some kid. In, in Pennsylvania or New Jersey or Vermont or wherever might not be able to get his drugs. So he might not, he might be having a bad day and he might decide, you know what, I'm going to go into rehab because at least with rehab, they can help me with the withdrawal symptoms. And then like, then you've got a little glimmer of hope, a little bit of an opportunity where some, you know, young man or some young woman will be like, okay, mom, dad, uh, I'm a drug addict. I got a problem. I'm going to go in for help simply because they can't do drugs. And and when you hear the stats about just that, I'm like, listen, I'm not even going to talk about like the human trafficking and about the, you know, the, the women who get raped, making the border crossing and all of that. Let's leave all of that to the side. If you just look at the deaths every week, from people ODing on drugs. Okay, no, it's not going to stop the submarines. It's not going to stop. You're right. It's not. It's not. However, it will slow down some of the other stuff. The Democrats have legitimately, in my opinion, just discounted all of those deaths. By, by When Nancy Pelosi's like, I'll give him a dollar, that's just – that's the value she puts on human life. That is the value that the Democratic Party – puts on human life i I, it's when when they when they pretend to lose their mind about one kid or two kids whatever that you know their their parents brought them in they were trying to cross the border they died of the flu or dehydration or whatever and they're like that's too many that's too many 
Okay, okay, sure, that's too many. So if two is too many, wouldn't 300 a week just be mind-boggling? How does Nancy Pelosi, if she really cares that much, how does she crawl out of bed? She'd be just soaked in her own tears from, from crying so much. But they don't. They don't. Well, and be, that is... To be fair... Her, that's just sh- shocking to me. To be fair, the plastic surgery is probably closed off her tear ducts, so... What is going on with her tooth? <laughs> I have, I, I don't know, but it's, it's, ugh. <laughs> it's like a nervous tick. Do you remember the Pink Panther movies? Do you ever watch those? The the original oh, yeah. ones with like I, Peter I, Sellers. I used to love those when I was a kid. And there was like, yeah, there was, he had this boss. He had this boss at the police department who whenever he would, his face would start to twitch and his eye would start to blink. I think that's how. That's what Nancy Pelosi's uh, uh, tooth sucking was. Oh, and here's the other here's the other thing where I believe that we've crossed some kind of invisible barrier somewhere where people should know when the news the president's like, I'm going to have eight eight minutes and address what's going on with our country. You know, because there's the there's a government shutdown, and there's the 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 wall, and all this discussion, and and he goes, I'm gonna talk to the country for eight minutes, and when ABC, CBS, and NBC all get together and go, mm, let it, we need to we need to think about it. Let us think about it. That should terrify everyone. That should terrify everyone. That they even said they have to think about it, and then they all devoted. Like they instantly like circled their wagons and go, okay, well, the president's about to lie to you. That that is it's really, really disconcerting, really, really disconcerting. Yeah, but now that's what's actually that's what's actually brought me around to being a Trump supporter, because I'm much like Gypsy. I didn't vote for him in the primary and I didn't vote for him in the general. But the further this thing has gone on and the more that I've seen him fight for everyday people and fight for what he told people he was going to do when he got elected. I got to tell you, unless something drastic really, really changes, I'm voting for him in 2020. Come hell or high water. I think what they're trying to do, one of the great side effects of what they're doing is they're going to try to peel away the independent voters, the independent voters. The people are like I don't know, I don't know, because they've effectively buried the good news. Do you do you many uh, manufacturing jobs were added in the last quarter? Uh, wasn't it like three hundred thousand? Or was, no, it, I think that four hundred thousand. Yeah, four hundred thousand. Yeah, it was somewhere between three hundred and four hundred thousand. It was a lot. So, for the eight years that Obama was in office. So because, oh, he started – there was a recession and it was the great meltdown and it was the worst, blah, blah. It was worse than the Great Depression. OK. So we had eight years. In eight years, Obama lost almost 300,000 and he said those jobs are never coming back. They're never coming back. Trump and his conservative, right-leaning, less government, his solutions, his policies in two years – He's had a gain of four hundred thousand. That's that. That should be just stunning to everyone. That Barack Obama and his policies failed, epic, epic fail, and the media covered for him. The media, they're like, "Yep, those jobs are never coming back. It's tough all over, everybody." Isn't it? Doesn't don't people? Hopefully there's some casual listeners to this who, who are independent, you know, thinking people. That should be staggering. 
It should just stagger you that the economy's doing so well, that the jobs are back. Here's the here's the bad thing though. The bad news in all this, because unemployment is low and you know, wages are coming up. Here's the bad thing. I think that Americans are naturally optimistic. We're naturally optimistic. And it's hard to go you can you can get elected on the promise of if you elect me, it will get better. I think people are into that. They 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 respond to that message. So then they elected Trump and it got better. And now that's like the expectation. I think average, you know, Mr. and Mrs. America are like, yeah, it got better. Okay. And so now because that's the expectation and the, and the reality, like, okay, well, it got better. Now what? Now what? So yeah, but that's the thing. I, I don't think Michael, I don't think Trump is some kind of lock for 2020. That that's the thing, though, Michael. Most of the people that watch the mainstream media, they don't think the economy is doing any better. I talk to people every single day that are like, "Well, yeah, you can show me those numbers, but show me the proof that my life's better." I was like, "How can your life not be better? I've been locked into the same pay rate for three years because of this crappy economy. I've gotten a tax break and I've gotten two raises in the last two years. How can your mm. life not be better?" I don't understand how how everybody can be looking at all these things that nobody and, and when I try to take them to numbers I'm like look unemployment for for the African American population is lower than it's ever been the the Hispanic unemployment rate lower than it's ever been women unemployment women's unemployment rate lower than it's ever been we haven't had an economy this good in the in the time that I've been alive until now but nobody sees it because all they that's the thing. There's 95% negative coverage of Donald Trump 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the media. So they don't see these numbers because the media, the, the everyday media is not talking about them. And when they do, it's a footnote. And it's like, oh, jobs reports out, numbers are up. But in other news, Trump is colluded with Russia and we now have proof. Yeah, Trump. Trump is. Uh, we got Michael Cohen's going to testify. It's all of that. It's all of that. And I think that that'll just peel away the independent voters. It's it's wild. I I really thought like, and maybe maybe I am becoming just like a a political pundit, hardcore political junkie guy. But they always they always say oh, this this presidential election is the most important one in history. And I really thought 2016 was. I really thought if if Hillary got elected, that might have been the tipping point. However, now in 2020. This is like the the mainstream media's their last gasp. They're like, we need to, and I think this is why they've been so so relentless. That if they cannot stop uh, Trump and and his supporters, if they can't shut it down, they'll never get their power back. So they have to continue this this illusion, this facade, this this insanity, you know, like, oh, CNN, we're just objective news. We're just objective news. And and they're simply not. It's it's amazing. And uh, it, it's also not only just the negative spin they put on uh, Trump, but it's also the stories they don't tell you about the the lies of omission. Boy, they didn't. They sure didn't want to talk about that cop who got the 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 cop who immigrated to America uh, and and got shot on the job by an illegal immigrant. Boy, they sure didn't. They sure didn't spend much time on that. And here's the other one that they're not spending any time on at all: the yellow vest uh, protests in France. That 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 is still going on, dude, and it is spreading. There's yellow vest stuff uh, going on in England. There, it, it's going on in in Belgium. It is. <laughs> If 
if that was if that was like a pro hippie uh pro hey let's share more of our money they would be on it like like flies on crap but they act like it's not even happening are you following any of that the the yellow vest stuff oh yeah i mean i i i follow um pretty much anytime it comes up in my newsfeed, i know it's still going on and it's still going on like crazy and i mean you know france is basically on fire right now nobody's really talking about it because the people have had it. They've had enough. The people have had enough in in France and in England and and with Brexit and everywhere. These these and here's another thing. And I always feel like it's worth mentioning because uh, uh, Gypsy brought it up like three or four shows ago, and I I never realized this, and I find it very 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 interesting. None of these European leaders who are making these huge decisions for the futures of their country they don't have kids. Yep. None. That's it's wild. It's wild. It's all it's all just theory to them. It's all just theory. And then when you see, okay, well, well, uh, uh, Macron in France has this crazy theory, and the people said, okay, you're the you're the leader, and he implements this theory, and then you see how it's not working. You see how it's not working, and how it's. Uh, making the middle class and the lower class it's making their lives worse it's making everyone's lives worse and the people don't like it ah oh, we just won't talk about that we just won't talk about that and you've got no skin in the game if you don't have kids you got no skin in the game cuz it's all just it's all just theory well here here's oh. the, here's the scariest thing about these lies of omission though they're starting to happen here at home it's not just you know things that are going on around the, the globe that they're not talking about anymore. As an example, CNN just got caught with their pants down again over the weekend. Uh, they had a, They had a reporter from KUSI News um, that wanted to submit um, a recent interview they had done to show that the border wall in that area was actually working. CNN didn't want the story because it didn't fit their narrative. So KUSI News put out a story that said, hey, we tried to show them proof that the border wall that's already been erected in our work, in our area actually works. They didn't want it. So then CNN says, well, that's not why we didn't want it. And then they tried to put out a story that the news director of the station said they weren't really sure why the story was rejected. And then KUSI News put out a tweet and said, no, we still stand by our story. You didn't want it because it didn't fit your narrative. Yeah, it... Uh it's it's very funny and and like here I am I'm I'm spreading uh, gossip as well so like you had Jim Acosta uh, go down to the wall the other day it was hilarious it was hilarious you know he's like here I am by the wall there's no crisis here there's no one here there's no one and then Trump had that hilarious tweet that just said dear diary because <laughs> it was just like just he proved that walls worked so uh, Acosta in in a to try to save face, he went down to the the Rio Grande or whatever, and he goes, uh, "Here I am taping at the Rio Grande. It's a lovely day. There's there's no immigration crisis here, but there is shuffleboard." Now, someone responded to that tweet, and and I don't know if they're a citizen journalist or just a person on Twitter. They might be lying. They might be lying. However, they might be telling the truth when they said, "I know that park where Jim Acosta is standing." I know that park, and the reason he's not turning the camera the other way is because there are boats, there are Border Patrol boats in the water, boats with big guns, and, and that's why he's not turning the camera. It got it got a boatload of retweets, and because I can't trust Jim Acosta anymore because he obviously has an agenda, 
I'm I'm gonna say, you know what? I bet Joe Schmo's telling the truth. I bet Joe Schmo is telling the truth. That's him. I tell you, if I if I'm a legit journalist, if I'm a legit journalist, and I'm like, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to play by anybody's rules, but I'm going to play by the old school journalism rules. I'd be so mad at Jim Acosta. I'd be so mad at that guy. He's ruining it. He is just, he's personally doing so much damage to the already tarnished name of journalism. It's unbelievable. You had to have seen the thing, the little run in he had with Kellyanne Conway. Yeah, you mean the one where she basically owned him and said, nobody likes you because you're an a hole? <laughs> Yeah, after after he said, well, I'm not the one with the alternative facts problem. <laughs> Did you hear that part of it? Yeah, I heard that part of it. Yeah, it's just like, uh, hey, and here's the thing that just like really – and this is like violence is not the answer. Violence is not the answer. Violence is not the answer. I want to punch Jim Acosta. When he goes – when he's uh, confronting Kellyanne Conway, she's out in the White House, and the, the, if you haven't seen it, you, got, you should look it up and check it out because – he says he says to her, and the, the, the whole press pool is there. Every the whole press pool is there, and Kelly and Conway's uh, answering questions, and Jim Acosta. They're talking about the the president's address to the nation. Yeah, can you can you promise the the president will be factual in his address? Do you promise he won't lie? Do you promise he won't lie? And she goes, Yeah. Do you, can you promise that you won't? Okay, so zing, zing, she got him, and then Jim Acosta. Well, I'm not the one with alternative facts. And then she goes to address that as because they've, they've really run, run that uh, dead horse into the ground. She starts to address that, and, and Acosta won't even listen to her. He's, he's like a, a little douchey, snot-nosed kid in junior high. As she starts to address him, he never stops talking. Why do you say he won't lie? Why do you say he won't lie? Why, why do you say he won't lie? Why do you say it's like having a, a, a fight with – an insane girlfriend and she goes where were you last night oh last night i was at why won't you tell me you were in last night why, why you tell me? you should tell me where you left and he's like he's just talking and talking and talking and has zero interest in her response to the question and somehow he's trying to make it, it was one of the most annoying things and then kellyanne kind of i think she lost her cool a little bit but you know what i totally i totally forgive her when she's like i'm gonna tell you something i'm gonna tell you something no one here likes you. <laughs> and she's right. I think she's right. Because just like I'm sure there's people in that press pool are like there. I, I know there are. There's journalists who are like, I'm just going to report on what was said and what's happening. I'm going to do who, what, when, where, why. And then you've got this super douchey mouthpiece. This Jim Acosta. I, I thought it was I thought it was wonderful and lovely and brilliant. Lovely and wonderful and brilliant. Yeah, I actually know people that um, that used to do that. Well, they're retired journalists now, but they've actually talked to me before, and they're like, "Dude, if we did our job half the way Acosta does it now, we would have been run out of town." Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 crazy, and it's and it's wild to watch. And uh, oh, before I get to this whole. New York Times. The New York Times is just uh, that's that's another one. New York Times and the Washington Post. It's just it's unbelievable. The New York Times just ran that piece about the oh the FBI launched an investigation into Trump after you know Comey was fired. Blah 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 blah. Which was like you, you learned nothing new. You learned nothing new. And in my opinion, all that does is uh, ex exonerate Trump. If the FBI launched an investigation as if if 
you know, uh, Trump was some kind of uh, covert operations guy from the Russian government, you don't think they would have, like, nabbed him and, and, and yanked him out of office? Do you think, like, if, if they would have found something, you don't think they would have said, hey, hey, guys, we got a real big problem here. We got to get this guy out of office. It's, it's, and people ha- are all wadded up about that. I want to, I want to, I want to do a, a plug real quick before we go much farther to, uh, for another project that I just started. Another uh, happy, happy, wonderful thing uh, for the Loftus party. So I'm, I'm, I'm start the deplorable tour on the 23rd. There's going to be rehearsals and intros. It's going to be a, a spectacle. Then I started this other little side thing, and I, I just kind of, it, it just as a as a fun little project. It's called uh, Bullet Points. A buddy of mine, uh, Judd Dunning, who I, I know from Southern California. He's a, he's a big surfer guy, real estate dude. He's a good dude. Uh, I would always see him at, at Politicon, and he's awesome. We, we're doing this thing together where it's like, uh, we take the top six stories, top seven stories in the news. We go to his studio and we just two minutes a topic and it's, it's fun. It's fast and it's funny. And we just did, uh, we just did our first episode last night as of, as, as of you listening to this, it will be up. It's on YouTube. It's called bullet points with Michael Loftus and Judd Dunning. I'm going to, I'm going to put it on the website. Uh, I'm going to subscribe to the channel, all that wonderful stuff. It's just a fun little side project. It's what I want to do with, uh, the Loftus party.com. Here's a, there's, there's a, a wonderful person who has embraced the, the postability of the Loftus party.com a while back. I was complaining about the preambles to recipes. I was looking for some, I was looking up a recipe for like uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas and the preambles were driving me crazy. There's, there's a, a woman on Facebook and now she's, she's posting stuff to the Loftus party. It's no BS recipes. She's just posting recipes that you can actually make. There's no big giant preamble. There's no on a crisp autumn day. One's thoughts go back to New England and that to fresh apple pie. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. There's another uh, young lady. Leslie is her first name. I, I I apologize. I can't remember her last name. She's posting some stuff. You guys, it's so easy. It's so easy, and th- this is so the new the new show with Judd Dunning, bullet points, and this podcast, and and everything. I want that. Keep coming in, you guys. Keep coming in. It's a free speech zone. You can post stuff. We'll have discussions. It can, listen, and there's no no judges. No judges. Uh, I think Leslie posted a link, like uh, the first thing she posted, and it was a link to a YouTube video, and it was awesome, and it was something that just everybody could could enjoy. And now uh, Gloria is like, "Here's no BS recipes. It's fantastic." And you got you got Paul Hare, uh, you know, and he's got original books that that he's writing, and he's he's pimping those, and he's got great behind the scenes stuff that's going on in France with the yellow vests, and and you you've got Lisa the geek mom who's doing awesome geek stuff and let's get involved in the world of music and drawing it this it's it's happening it's awesome it's wonderful and i want to make sure everyone's invited so i've created you know me and my buddy created a little show called bullet points we did our first episode it's it's 14 minutes two minutes per topic it's just fun and so that's going to be on the website as well in the future it's uh, it th- there are little beacons of hope the deplorable comedy tour 
Uh, DeplorableShow.com, that's a beacon of hope. Uh, Bullet Points is a beacon of hope. No BS Recipes is a beacon of hope. Uh, Leslie and her YouTube, all of it, all of it, all of it is a beacon of hope. So stop by. I know it's a hassle to sign in. I know it's a hassle, and I wish I wish I could avoid it. I, I can't. But 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 that's uh, what's going on, and we and we have to we have to we have to rally together at, at some point because the left is pretty good at rallying. The left is pretty good at rallying. They're gonna and and they're ter- and 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 it's a terrifying uh, notion the, the way they're trying to. Like the PC culture, the PC mob, the way they're going to go after every. We all know people who've been disappeared from from Facebook and from Twitter and from YouTube and from Patreon. And it it happens all the time. And we we put on our little blinders and we believe, oh, it won't happen to me. It won't happen to me. Well, maybe not, but maybe it won't happen to you at theloftestparty.com. And 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 people are afraid of of the PC mob. I was invited to. Be on. Well, I was on Fox and Friends uh, weekend. I was on uh, yesterday. They reached out to me because there was a quote from uh, The Rock in uh, the the Daily Mail UK or whatever. It's like the National Enquirer over there. And The Rock is like this PC culture. They're too offended and they need to learn how to toughen up and nothing good happens from being offended. You know, and it wasn't even that vicious. It wasn't it wasn't like he's like these are the worst people on the planet. He didn't call them Hitler youth. He just said this culture, this this snowflake generation uh, needs to uh, toughen up the PC. It's not good. PC culture isn't good. Uh, don't get offended. I don't even know what the, the so in a, in a wonderful it's it's like Jim Acosta going down to the wall in, in a the rock is so terrified of the PC culture. He is so terrified of being singled out and and having his career ruined by someone who got offended that he immediately came out. And not only did he issue a statement on Twitter, he did a video about it going, that wasn't me. I never said those words. I never said those words. It did not happen. 100% didn't happen. Not me. Never happened. And it's like, wow, you're so terrified of... A pretty much innocuous uh, quote coming out. Like, really, if he had said it, if he had said it, wow, I think I think our culture gets offended too easily, and nothing good happens when a culture gets offended this easy. Listen, whoever made up the quote and attributed it to The Rock, I agree with it. I agree with it. So, the, but The Rock had to do damage control. Like, and he had to do so much damage control. To me, that just showed that there you go. There you go. You were so afraid of offending the mob with pitchforks uh, because the mob with pitchforks is out of control. They've got they've gone after uh, Kevin Hart. The Oscars doesn't have a host, and I'm happy about that. I'm happy about that. However, I think the Oscars is going to have good ratings this year because everybody's going to want to see the train wreck. So anyway, I, I ended up uh, they ended up scr- scrubbing the story, and I went in and talked about uh, uh, Beto O'Rourke interviewing his dental hygienist. I didn't have time to write really great jokes. It was a really uh, fly by the seat of your pants 
segment. I had fun. I think it went okay. But yeah, the the the, the PC culture, they're out and they're out to get everybody. And so we have to we have to band together in whatever little way we can. And if that means stopping by the loftusparty.com and signing in Fantastic. So be it. And if that means buying a ticket to see the deplorable show when it comes near your town, so be it. Do it. Do it. Do it. All of the above. Do it all. (laughs) (laughs) All of the above. I just think it's my whole thing. So so The Rock didn't say it. And I find it interesting that like because he's one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. He really, really is. He almost hit me with his car one night. I was walking. This is like, uh, gee whiz, five years ago. I'm walking across. I was at a meeting at Disney. It was in the wintertime. It was like 4.30. The sun was down. It was dark. And he almost ran me over uh, with his Land Rover. Didn't even, uh, didn't, nah, he, he, stopped, he pulled up short. It was not even close to being an accident. But he was a, a super nice guy. A super, I've never heard a bad thing said about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Too bad I wasn't So you got there. him. It's too bad I wasn't there. Say though. what? I said, it's too bad I wasn't there, though, because I could have flopped down in front of the car, and you could have sworn I didn't walk like that before. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. He's got he's got permanent damage. But, like, here's what I'm saying. It's like no one no one has a beef with The Rock. And and Kevin Hart, I, I, I hear, is one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. And then you've got Ellen DeGeneres, who I just did. I did a, a podcast uh, for a buddy of mine. Uh, recently i think it i think it came out uh, yesterday but one of the other guests on the podcast guy was a, a writer for ellen degeneres like no one has a beef with like any of these people yes kevin hart did a joke many many moons ago but like when the when the nicest people in Hollywood, like people are mad at ellen degeneres for trying to make nice with with the oscars and oh my gosh how could ellen degeneres stand up for kevin hart and and oh the rock did you really say that and when when the nice people are nervous you should that's the canary in the coal mine that's the canary in the coal mine when the comedians are getting nervous when the comedians are getting worried when the people who make you laugh through wholesome wholesome comedy are nervous it's bad it's bad for the culture it's bad for everybody there's the you know i was watching this thing on on youtube the other night there's signs i guess uh in in the in the the tube in the underground like in in scotland and england and stuff asking like if if you know someone who's involved in doing hate speech let us know they're like they're asking people to turn in their neighbors for using hate speech that is that's legit. That is legit Nazi stuff right there. That is legit old school Stalin communist stuff. Please turn in your neighbor. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's what terrified me when Barack Obama started the whole if you if you see something say something thing cuz that that was starting to push us in that direction and I'm like no. 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 Stop it. In, in 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 his defense, I think that was uh, wasn't that out like terrorism and and like baggage and stuff. Yeah, but then it started being used for other things. The more it went on, the more other people started using it for the other things. Like if you see, and the thing about the thing that scares me about the phrase hate speech is who the hell decides what hate speech is, and how often can that yeah. goalpost be moved? Yeah, I I saw. Uh... 
of course, uh, you know, it's my Twitter feed. There's lots of incendiary stuff there. But yeah, that's I mean, that's what kicked off Jordan Peterson's whole thing. When the, when the state compels you to use certain words, they've gone too far. When the state says you have to say this or you go to jail, then they're trying to control your speech and the way you think. Uh, they've gone too far. So Jordan Peterson is a hero. Uh, and uh, oh, what's I think it's, his name is uh, is it, it might be Charlie Kirk who goes around from colleges. He's he's quickly maintaining his his hero status in my book because he's going to colleges and he's having these honest debates and i'll give i'll give it up for steven crowder too crowder who's doing like you know he does that whole series on youtube change my mind and like people have memed him to death they they have that's some serious they have really ridiculed that guy but god bless him for doing it there's only two genders change my mind you know there there's no such thing as uh you know blah 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 change my mind i love that then at least you're having the the, the dialogue you're at least you're having the uh you know the discussion and then and i will say this just in, ter- in terms of see something say something uh if you, seriously though but if, if if you're in the airport and you see like a bag uh that's <laughs> that has no one around for real say something say something <laughs> Say something. Please don't go open it because you never know what you're gonna find. Exactly. Exactly. You'll you'll find you'll find the keys to a a, a druggy submarine because that's how all the drugs are getting in here. Okay. So that was uh that was out, outrageous fun. I want everybody to check out bullet points. I want everybody to go to the website. Uh, and I and I also want to make my position on on Ruth Bader Ginsburg known. This poor lady. I I. I got, I got no beef with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I, I think she needs to probably retire. I know she said publicly, you know, as soon as I can't do my job, then I'll walk away. She's not a young woman. She has had some insanely wonderful victories over adversity and cancer and all that stuff. But you have a hard time convincing me that she can do her job. She, she can't she can't show up for work anymore. Now, you can make the argument that, you know, well, she can work from home. She can work from home. OK, but now for me to be Joe technical guy, can you can you prove that she's really writing this stuff? I mean, is there seriously? It, it sounds like a, a plot from a movie or something. But like so Ruth Bader Ginsburg is working from home. And I'm sure there's like a nurse or a secretary or somebody there, but like who who's who's watching? Like is is this is the secretary writing these reports? Is there like a legal aide writing these opinions? Or is it legitimately Ruth Bader Ginsburg? That's why I think it's important that God bless her heart, you gotta you gotta be able to go into the office. You gotta be able, that's all that's that's my whole beef in a nutshell with like big government. It's like who's watching the watchers? Like I, I really think I had this idea, and I think it might be a funny idea that we should like have like uh, a, a panel of of citizens, right? Just like one week or one month, it can be all plumbers, and one week it can be all electricians. I think they should all all be like blue collar people, like blue collar jobs, and and they get picked at random, and there's a panel of like thirteen of them, and they go to Washington and and. They go to like the head of the FBI and they go to and someone has to explain what the government's doing, what that department of the government is doing. They have to explain it to like a group of 13 plumbers so that the so or or carpenters or whatever. 
you know, guys like you and me so that we can understand. And then the, those people have to sign off on it. It's, it's my, it's my variation of the, of the phone book party. Who's watching the FBI? Who's, who's, who's watching the CIA? Who's, who's watching Ruth Bader Ginsburg at home? I mean, it, it can be complete insanity. What do you think of my plumber idea? I like it. <laughs> I really do. I mean, it, it makes sense to me. I mean, because here's the thing. You know, we didn't get much of it. We were just about out of time based on the clock I have here, but we, and we didn't really get much of a chance to talk about it. But this whole government shutdown thing, you know, why do we have non-essential government employees what the hell kind of sense does that make anyway i mean i'm not trying to make light of it that's an honest question if you're working if, if you work for the government how in the hell can you be considered non-essential <laughs> exactly exactly know. it's 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 a great it's a great thing but like and it's so seriously like and they say like the tsa is not going to be able to show up to work and and the flight controllers aren't going to be able to show up how, how are they not essential like i to me that's a, there's another problem with the bureaucracy. I'm pretty sure we need. I'm pretty sure air travel is essential. I'm pretty sure just just moving around uh, cargo and supplies is essential. Like if, if I worked, if I was an air traffic controller, I'd be like, hey, in the future, uh, put me down as essential. But like, I don't want, I don't want anybody non-essential get paycheck. That's that's crazy. How many non-essential people can show up at your job every day? They don't. They're non-essential. You get fired. When you're non-essential, you get fired. Okay. Rick, this was an an absolute blast. I dig the vibe. I dig the vibe. It was laid back. Awesome conversation. I, I covered everything that I wanted to cover. Is there anything that we left on the table that you want to you wanna address before we close out this wonderful edition of the Loftus Party podcast? Well, I mean, of course, I have to poke a little bit of fun of, at uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who recently just came out and said that, that she feels Donald Trump should be addressing the fact that ICE exists at all instead of worrying about a border wall and how ICE violates human rights every single day. You know, we've got to, you just got to. Why? What? Why are you even here? <laughs> Just why? That poor girl. That that poor girl is in over her head. And I I did a video on YouTube, and it's getting a lot of clicks right now, a lot of views. I I really think, and this is my my beef with the whole a lot of people on the Democratic side. She I think she grew up wealthy, and she really thinks that these ideas will work. She really honestly thinks these ideas will work because she doesn't know better. Yeah, she so has not studied. She has not cracked a bunch of books. Seventy and listen, I'll, I'll be the. F- it's a great plan. Just saying. No, I, I'll, <laughs> I will be the first guy. I'll be the first guy to tell you, socialism on paper works. If you have one sheet of paper and you're like everybody will share and everybody, yep. When it when it when it boils to that, that simplistically, yes, it worked. But if you have two sheets of paper and more than 30 seconds to discuss it, it never works. It never, ever, ever works. So she's not the brightest tool, uh, the sharpest tool in the shed. She's not the brightest bulb. She went on CNN the other day uh, talking about how we need to abolish ICE. We have to abolish it. We have to get rid of it. And, and she voted 
yeah. three days before that to, to fund, fund it. To fund them. And the I don't I don't think she knew. I don't think she knew. I don't think she, she knows how our government works. She's just a uh, cute, uninformed person. Who and this is great because this comes this brings everything full circle. Rick, Kung Fu, my man. I think if we sat down with this girl uh, for an afternoon, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, I think we could bring her along. I think I think in an afternoon, in, in an afternoon, we could turn her into I think, a I, th- I, th- I, think I swear it, to God, I think it might take more than one. This is my parting shot at Ocasio Cortez. This is not Michael's view. If you don't like it, please at me at Rowdy Rick seventy three on Twitter. Uh, speaking of her being over her head, she would be over her head in a baby pool. Just saying. Hey, there you go. That's wonderful. You know why? Because she'd be laying in it. Pretty she'd much. be dancing around like J-Lo. I'm just exa- Alexandra from the Bronx. Okay, you guys. That was an awesome show. Uh, make sure you subscribe to to this channel. Please leave us uh, a review at iTunes. We're always trying to, to bang up against the algorithm. Subscribe to the Loftus Party YouTube channel. Bullet points will be on the uh, the website this week. I might make that a website exclusive. I don't know. I haven't made up my mind. You guys help me. Let me know. And give me your feedback. Uh, shoot me an email at Michael at theloftestparty.com. Michael at theloftestparty.com. I always want to talk. Have a great week, you guys.